Listen, hello, this is Chanel. <laughs> Before we get started, hello, this is Chanel. <laughs> I can't even say my name anymore. Hello, this is Chanel. Before we get started, we just wanted to say <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, we need to just be truthful. We've been trying okay. to record this intro for, I'd say, almost 45 minutes now, but we can't because... I'm trying to get the podcast to work for like two and a half hours. And we can't record this stupid intro <laughs> because we keep laughing. <laughs> okay, I just need to adjust my I'm body. I'm at my wits end. I, I had to breathe. Okay. This is really hard. Okay, just do that for one second. <clears throat> okay. Okay, I'm going to mute myself okay. now. Okay. Hello. <laughs> just don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. I know, but I when I can see your body shaking, I know you're laughing. Okay, just don't look okay. at me. Okay. I'm muting myself. Go. Hello. This is Chanel. Before we get started, we just wanted to say thank you to every single person who emailed, DM'd, wrote reviews, and left comments. We read every single word and really appreciate your support while we figure this out. Hi, this is Tiffany. I always tell Chanel that she has the very best people who follow her. Her audience is just amazing. Especially in this day and age, it's really easy to forget that good people exist. But whenever I feel that way, I just go over to her Instagram comments and remember that there are safe, empathetic, kind, funny people out there. Um, we also read a review that, that was from someone who said that this podcast helped her fall asleep, which was the best news ever, because we don't care if you're paying attention. We don't care if you're listening to anything that we're saying. We just want you to feel safe with our voices and know that this is a break from the real world and a space for you to sit with safe people. So with that said, thank you so, so much again for everything and enjoy. Okay, Tiffy, I want to start by asking you how your week was. It was, <clears throat> I think everyone has a similar reaction to this question, which is that it's, it's really hard right now to say anything other than it was anxiety inducing and sad, um, but in my personal life, because this podcast is to try to focus on the positives, I officially adopted my foster dog, Bao Bao, this week, Yay! which was so exciting. Um, Andrew and I watched three Channing Tatum movies, which was, he's just, his talent is unyielding. <laughs> it never ends. Um I attended one of your virtual book tour events with Alana Glazer, mm -hmm. who is so funny and it just, I loved your conversations with her. Um, and I also never go to your events, <laughs> so I thought it was really fun to see. Um, trying to think of anything else. I signed petitions for Breonna Taylor and called the Kenosha Attorney General to demand charges against the cops who shot Jacob Blake. I worked full time and I gained more quarantine weight. How about you? Those are all amazing things. And you celebrated your four year anniversary with your partner. Yes, I did. But um, yeah, we, I've been with Andrew for four years. He's the best. Um, we didn't do, it's not a celebrating time, 
So we just did our donations and we will postpone celebrating till later. Well, I think it's, I've loved watching you guys become a couple from the very beginning. And he's so good and so sweet. (laughs) And I'm just, I know. I'm, I love that you're together. And now you have a little baby dog named Bow Bow, who, how old do you think Bow Bow is? She's between seven to nine. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah, years old. So I'm going to guess she's eight because it's a happy medium. I also got her surgery on her luxating patella. So if anyone ever has questions about that, email or DM me. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. How was your week? Um, I've also gained a lot of weight and I just feel really soft and I'm covered in so soft, so soft. Like when I wake up, it's like squish, squish, squish. And, um, it's like dough. It's like dough, but Mm -hmm. I definitely feel better than even a year ago because I feel like I was so busy and rushing around all the time that I would never eat proper meals. And then I felt Mm -hmm. very tiny, like a cricket, but it didn't make me feel like fleshed out, like I'm supposed to be. So now I actually feel more like I am how I'm supposed to be. Yeah. The one good thing about quarantining at home is that I feel like meals are a lot more nourishing and thought out on the days where I'm not depressed and like, don't have the energy to make anything. Disclaimer, my cat is approaching my dog. Hold on. Boopus, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Get out of there. Still working on those dynamics. <laughs> Hold on. Um, what was, oh, yeah, it's, it's very nourishing. And I also, because this week was so hard, just um, everything that happened in the world... I treated myself last night. I'm going to tell you all everything that I ate so that you don't feel bad if you also ate something similar. This is after a full day of big meals. Andrew and I watched um, some TV. We watched Love Island USA. And whilst I ate some spicy microwave ramen, and not only was there that, I added <laughs> a side of extra noodles from my favorite Taiwanese restaurant into the microwave packet. Amazing. Sounds so and then good. I, so good. I followed up with um, a full jar of gummy bears and <laughs> like a full one. And then a, um, what's the other, another gummy watermelons, gummy watermelons. I had a pint of Halo Top. I had um, a coconut popsicle. Mm. And I had a bag of tortilla chips. (laughs) And I had a bag of family-sized smart popcorn. Amazing. In one sitting. Amazing. So I just want everyone to know that when you're having a really hard time and you just really have to let it go, that's okay. That's okay. Okay, tell me about your week. Wait, first I want to say it's really important to acknowledge that it's totally okay to fulfill your needs at whichever time you need them. And that 
it's mm-hmm. important not to assign shame after doing, um, consuming in a way that made you feel all right, especially in a time when there's, it's so morbid and the news is unpredictable and so is the future. And we worry about the ones we love. Um, if the worst thing you do is eat a jar of gummy bears, you're on top of the world and you still deserve to be super gentle to yourself and it'll pass through you and turn into poop and a new day will begin. Um, so I think, yeah, acknowledging the fact of just not being hard on yourself in those times or seeing it as like a weakness or something that's irreversible is really important. And just acknowledging like, this was the day I had and these were the things I ate and they're just like facts. Um, it always helps too. like Andrew will eat the same things next to me, Mm. but, um, but it, our thinking, our thought patterns are completely different. Like he's like excited to eat this ramen and I'm, I'm nervous about it. And, but I'm like, you know what? I really deserve this. This week has been hell. This looks amazing to eat right now. And he's like, so stoked. He, he wants to eat the gummy bears. And I look at him eating the same things that I'm eating. Um, and I'm having all these negative thoughts and he's having all of these positive thoughts, but our bodies look the same. So his body isn't growing while I'm watching him eat. And so then I think my body isn't growing while I'm eating this either. Um, it's all in my head and I need this right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, totally. Um, well, I had a little bloating baby, but that's normal. (laughs) normal. (laughs) Um, yeah, not feeling so much guilt around pleasure. Like, I feel like so yeah. much of food is affiliated with punishment. And especially for female bodies. Um, mm-hmm. And that we have to explain each thing we consume. So the fact that you laid it out on the table and was like, this was the menu of the evening. And Andrew and I both loved every bite. Um that's amazing. Yeah, it's true. And it also, even though this wasn't going to be part of the premise of this episode, but eating is a big thing that does affect childhood and it does affect children, mm-hmm. but we don't talk about it enough. I believe as a society and how um, eating is a really powerful tool. It can be really good and really bad. Um on childhood and and I think it's an important thing for us to get into during another episode. Totally. And it's you have a relationship with food from a young age and it can be used to ask us to shrink. And I think that's really unhealthy. Not just physically but mentally. Question the way we're meant to take up space and how we're supposed to exist in the world. And so that mm-hmm. can be really damaging. And definitely mm-hmm. something we can investigate more and talk more about. And if anyone wants to write to us about it, um, we're here to hear you. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about your week now. Oh, I I was had an exhausting week. <laughs> I know. It's been really hard. We delayed this podcast because... Everyone's personal lives are mm-hmm. just tumultuous. 
So be kind to every person that you know, because truly behind the scenes, it's tumult. just... Tumult. Tumult. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a daily tumult. Um, yeah, I think I've just been feeling exhausted, just like everyone else. I think... I feel like I've used and expended each tool in my box to kind of take care of my mental health. And so when I still feel tired after that, or still feel like I can't get better as quickly, then I'm sort of at a loss and think about how I need to develop a new tool. Um, but I, I do think like right now, a lot of us feel like our capacities have already been exceeded. Um, it's like your cup has, yeah, has already been topped off, but is now like leaking. Um, and we don't know how to contain what's happening. Um, so I think right now it's just like, um, uh, it's hard. It's like a very slow surrender surrendering to how difficult things are and how we can't make ourselves feel better immediately. And I, yeah. So I think I honestly just, I don't even think the focus right now is on making everything right. I think it's just being at peace with the fact that things feel awful, but they're not permanently awful. And I always believe that there are like solutions sleeping beneath the surface. Um, but they take a long mm-hmm. time to show themselves. And then this waiting period is just hard and you just have to endure it. Yeah. What you said, we faced him yesterday and you said that the very worst things, <laughs> I'm going to butcher what you said. You said the very worst things always have, always turn into good. And I think that's true for everything. It's like yin and yang. There's an energy. I think the lowest points in my life were always met with the best points. You just have to make it through. And society, I think, is reaching the lowest of the lows. But I am I am hopeful that the future will look back and be like, holy shit, do you remember when there was a global pandemic and the RNC was happening all of these things that I don't want to list because I don't want people's heads to go there. But yeah. Was there anything good that you did this week? I've been making more diary comics and I actually, for a while, I was really careful about the kind of content I was putting out and I wanted to do it on an iPad and like have it digitally colored. And now I feel like there's so much happening. The only way to keep up with it is to just do these immediate drawings um, with a cheap ballpoint pen and, uh, color them a little bit with watercolor or colored pencil and then release them because it's the only way I can keep up with what's happening. So in that way, I'm grateful that I've been able to return to a more raw state of creating unless, you know, when things are like more important, you become less obsessed with, you know, the perfectionist things and, that kind of quality of your work. So I feel like as long as I have the message, it's okay that my drawings are more scrappy. Cause I'm yeah. I like that they're organic because also if there's anything that working 
in corporations have taught me, it's that things are overcomplicated. Um, I think just as a society, we've just overcomplicated everything to try to make it as perfect as possible or added all these rules or like restrictions or um, ideas of how things should look. So your example of like a procreate, you were using procreate to make these really beautiful colored in images. When I think your organic images are actually more, they capture Mm -hmm. more of like what you're feeling. Um, And they're actually they're real indications of what you've been feeling in that moment versus like, there's nothing wrong with a curated like procreate post, but it's just such a different. Yeah. um, And it's also really important. I've been doing a lot of interviews about uh, my art piece at the Asian art museum, but it's the first time I've ever been asked about practice and art and myself as an artist. And I realized like so much of being an artist is giving yourself permission to just create what you want and then um, not holding it to some standard. So I feel like I'm an artist because when I see something, I feel compelled to create and it can, the drawing can take seven seconds, but it can still be powerful and communicate a lot. And so I've learned not to like undersell my ability to put pen to paper and that, you know, it's like diary comics are just as much art to me as anything because it's something that helps us process our current state. Yeah. I don't know when I think it was decided that you have to be super tech savvy or an expert in all of these apps and illustrative tools to be considered an artist. I feel like that's where all the imposter syndrome comes in for a lot of artists now. I think right now with everything going on, there's no need to overcomplicate and you just should be sharing what you're feeling. And I think we're all just becoming the most like raw versions of ourselves possible, which is what that's a good way of looking at it. It's like all of the, I don't know, like we spend so much time building curated versions or having all these layers that are being stripped away because we're all so like emotionally centered and heated right now. Like it's really hard not to be like, what are you distracting yourself with? Or how could you not be enraged? (laughs) How are you? Right. And how I don't even have the energy or mental space to commit an extra five minutes to caring a single F about what anyone thinks about me. I'm not swearing because I don't, I don't know if this is the right single F. <laughs> but it's like, I don't, <laughs> but it's like, this is not the time to be like, oh, I wonder, you know, like, I don't want to post this happy birthday post. Cause <laughs> like, what the, f- are you not so shook by the world? <laughs> yeah. I can't even like, I don't know. I like yeah, it though. I feel like I care things, way less right now. The real things are at the and, forefront. And we all should. The stakes are high and we're not yeah. obsessed with mm-hmm. over teeny tiny worries. But it's still okay to like try to remedy some of those old normal activities too. Like I, my Instagram became a dark, dark place. So I was like, I need to like, <laughs> you know, also mm-hmm. focus on some of the positive yeah. things happening too. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to story time. Tiff, you want to intro? 
Yeah, go ahead. Slash questions. Because last time, episode one, Chanel came up with this new format where we just ask each other questions. And from there, memories just came organically out of it. So I think that's the right format. And we're going to move forward that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I have the starting question. When you were growing up, where did you think (laughs) babies came from? I thought babies came out of your belly button because I thought it was the only, Mm -hmm. well, because it's a hole on your stomach. So the baby's in your (laughs) stomach, like, (laughs) of course, it's going to come out of that little hole. But I still didn't understand how it would. I didn't understand so much. I remember thinking, I didn't know boobs grew gradually. Like, I thought one day you just turn 13 or something and you wake up and you have boobs. Um, I thought periods were, um, like, also would just burst out of nowhere when you least expect it. And so you that's because (laughs) they make you think because i like i was at the age where i could be getting my period and we were supposed to be swimming for this camp and i refused to get in the pool because it was so clear and i was like i'm gonna be swimming halfway across and i'm gonna ink like a little squid and it's just gonna be this like firework of bright red Mm -hmm. and i'll Mm -hmm. never recover and so i didn't swim in the Mm -hmm. summertime for a whole week that's what they make you feel because in all of those classes, they go, make sure you always have a tampon in your locker and a pad so that you're ready when you get it. And so you, in your mind, you have this imagery of it just being like this explosive moment. Or or they talk about how it leaks through your pants and like all this stuff, which is true it's for me. True. But mm-hmm. But it's not like we pee enough that you notice when you get it and then you deal with it. Right. Where did you think babies came from, Tiff? I thought because of you, I think you, I thought there was a milk carton inside of your stomach (laughs) and that the baby was inside of that milk carton. The plastic kind that I actually haven't seen in a while, like the big gallon kind. And then I don't know what happens from there. Why did you think that? I I truly (laughs) think it was either you or a mom. Who told me that fact? <laughs> so then the visual stayed in my head for so long. And I remember the moment, too, when I found out how they really came. Whew, who told you? Two two parts. So one, we had a sex ed class um, where we had to watch a woman give birth. and mm. um, And then two, I was at a friend's house in seventh grade magazine i think it was probably like cosmo or something was on her table and i read it and there was like a sex q a thing and something happened where while i was reading these words it all came together in my <laughs> mind and i realized what was happening and i was like oh my god um and i i just fully realized wow it I all remember- came together through fragments Interesting that yeah. you had to do some detective work. Mm-hmm. I remember a guy in elementary school telling me what sex was, and I just didn't believe him. Like, I was like, that's impossible. Our bodies are separate. They will always be separate. 
Yeah. Okay, your question. Okay. My question was, can you name something a teacher did for you growing up? Or a teacher did that was really special. For example, Miss Cutler's handwriting, which was mm. like the most legendary, smooth, neat handwriting I've ever seen a human being execute. So can you think of something special a teacher has done that was like distinct? Okay, I have one. Okay. Mr. Flath in fifth grade would let us bring in a song every Friday. And this was a big deal. So Mr. Flath was one of my favorite teachers of all time. He passed away when I was in high school. Um, and I mentioned Laura on the last episode. She's been one of my best friends since kindergarten, and we've had a lot of the same classes growing up. So we were in Mr. Flath's fifth grade class, and he's like, you can bring in any song you want as long as it's appropriate. Um, this was also coincidentally when the song Yeah by Usher came out. <laughs> and Laura and I, the moment we heard that song, we were like, this is the best song in the world. She's like, it's the one that's like, peace up, hey, Tanda. Everyone should know it. I think we know um, it. Yeah. <laughs> so we... We, it's so funny because Mr. Flath is like this 40 year old man and we're like two 10 year olds who think we're really mature. And we come in and we're like, we have this song on the CD that we're <laughs> ready to play. <laughs> and he's like, okay, what is it? And we're like, it does have a swear word. I don't, cause we didn't know the meaning behind the entire song. We only knew that at some point he says, how the hell am I supposed to leave? <laughs> <laughs> And we're like, Mr. Flath, <laughs> we're like, it says the word hell, but it is a really good song. And like, besides, and because it had no profanity, I was like, it's not about, like, I was like, it's really good messaging. Oh my, it's a really good song. So he let us play it. And um, everyone loved it. We were really cool because we played a rap song in fifth grade. Uh, we still both remember it really well. It was like a really fun Friday routine. That's so cute. Um, I love how you brought in a CD-ROM, too. Yeah. It's similar. I think another teacher did it in sixth grade, and I did such a sixth grade thing where I brought, instead of bringing one song on the CD, I put 12 on it to show, because it used to be really cool to prove what songs you listen to, mm -hmm. right? Because, like, you had the MySpace song on your profile. Like, who you listened to was, like, really indicative of how cool you were. Nickelback. So I, <laughs> I put... <laughs> This one is similar. I put 12 songs on the CD instead of one. And then she's like, okay, go up to the front of the class and play your song for everyone. And it was Snow, which is about cocaine, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But I thought it was just like the best song ever. And I was like, I want everyone here to know what other songs I listen to. So I intentionally put it as track number 12, but pretended like I didn't know which track it was. So I just went through every song. And playing like all these emo alternative songs because that was really cool back then. I went through like five Red Hot Chili Pepper songs, and then I finally get to it. I'm like, oh, this is my track. <laughs> um, such a sixth grade thing to do. Tony, that's so funny. That's so funny that you're like up there clicking your little button and like, oop, oop, <laughs> so manipulative. <laughs> 
Oh, Do you have a teacher funny. besides Miss Cutler who did something? Well, I also had Mr. Flath in fifth grade two years before you did. And he, every day, he would have all these tally marks on the board um, for minutes that we would play kickball after class. Mm-hmm. Or we would, like, cut class, like, ten minutes short to play kickball. So it's, like, ten tally marks. And then... Whenever we were bad, he would just erase a tally mark so we'd get less kickball time. But I loved ending the day with kickball. That's such a smart teaching strategy. Right? Like preserve your kickball minutes. The teachers out there mm-hmm. also just want to throw that in. We really appreciate you. Yeah. Okay, Tiffany, a big question for you, which is, did you enjoy being a child? This one is interesting because i think people feel really polarized about this like you either are a person who loved childhood or you aren't um i am not one of those people i did not like being a child and i know you're the opposite i i was i've always had anxiety and um which is tough when you're a kid because you don't know what it is and i didn't speak till I was four, so I was like, or I think four. Um, so I think, and I was very, very shy. So all of these memories that I, there's obviously really good sentimental memories that I have. Um, and I loved like certain parts about childhood, but I would not want to be a child again. Like when people look at children and are so envious of them, I'm like, oh, they don't, I don't like that because they have so much to learn and figure out. And I wish I could just give them all that knowledge right away. But, you know, they have to figure it out on their own. And so I'm just not one of those people. And I totally empathize with people who don't don't understand why people love being a child so much. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with I don't know, it can be traumatizing to not have agency or to have so little agency to make decisions or to leave situations at that age. Um, I loved being a kid, I think because I got to write and draw all the time, which I already loved doing. And then I found that as I got older, um, I just didn't get to, to create as freely and I felt like you you are forced to start like boxing yourself in creating five-year plans (laughs) like all these adult things and I just all I wanted to do ever was be left alone to make things I was totally okay being by myself um and so I think it's funny that as an adult all I've really done is reclaimed the right and time and space to write and draw all the time again (laughs) So it's like really just trying to get back to how I had it as a kid. Yeah, it's also interesting that because of my social anxiety and anxiety as a child, we took the same art classes, but I was too afraid to do art um, or show people my art. So I didn't start making art till December of 2019. And that's when I learned that I really love painting. But it took me 26 years to figure that out. So (laughs) I think like we all like and for me as a child, I I am very independent and I do like making adult plans. 
So I feel like I thrive in this environment, but as a child, like I couldn't cope with the anxiety. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I couldn't just like casually make paintings like you did and feel okay about it. Mm -hmm. I was like way too anxious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. We did go to the same art classes. Do you remember the one where um, the ice cream truck would come outside? Yeah. Yeah. And she would give us those. She gave us her baby turtles. Yep, which was hindsight. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to have turtles that are that young because they uh-uh. carry salmonella. And also, just buying turtles can be really irresponsible because they live forever. <laughs> so, like, yeah. But we had a pond for them, so that was really nice. That's true. All right, that actually brings me to one of your all's responses that we read. We got so many stories. So many. And I just want to say, like... All of the stories you shared with us feel so intimate, and I love how random they are. And it's funny because so many people would preface by saying, you know, sorry, this is so random. But it makes it so much better because the memories are so specific. Um, Like, I could tell that you all had reached into corners of your memory and accessed new things and also, like, remembered moments that don't typically have space to be told like we talk about milestones like weddings and jobs and like all of the straightforward things in life but i love that you gave us these moments that make up a life um and just had to do with like living day to day with the other people in your household that were very significant to you um that may seem Mm -hmm. just like teeny in the grand scheme of things, but they are significant. And we love that you acknowledge that enough to share them with us. So thank you so much for providing Tiffany and I joy while reading. The first one I want to share is um, from Yona Choi. And she said that she and her sister were obsessed with Lizzie McGuire and would (laughs) reenact the theme song by throwing red balls at each other, which is so funny because I remember it perfectly. Like, what's his name? Gordo? Gordo. (laughs) Gordo. (laughs) Yeah, Gordo. But even in, like, remember the, um, like, the Disney wand when they would, like, draw the Mickey Mouse ears? Like, we would do that. Yeah, we would. And we we would take camcorders and re-record episodes or movies that we had seen. And we would be two characters that were playing a whole cast. <laughs> yeah, we totally did stuff like that. Yeah, reenacting is a huge thing in childhood. I'm curious to hear what other things you all have reenacted. Um, and, oh, she also said that her older sister, who was like six years older, would charge her for private art classes. $20 <laughs> for a 30-minute art class each week. I thought that was so funny. That's so so funny. Because that's something that... Well, it's funny because that's actually something I do to you. But you also loved playing teacher. I loved playing teacher. So, like, I could totally see you having art classes where I would be (laughs) your student. I know. Oh, my gosh. We had a copy machine at home. I loved making, like spelling yeah. tests and then making 20 copies even though i only had one student which was tiffany 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Yona, for sharing that. Okay, the next story we had, it was so sweet and just a couple sentences long from Wilapan Kirtana. And if I mispronounce your name, feel free to email us and say what the heck. Um, because I know for me, having substitute teachers come in and call roll and call me Channel Miller was so painful growing up. So <laughs> Everyone called know. her Channel. Everyone. Everybody called me Channel. And I remember there's these kids who were like, you're Channel 9 because that's where that's the naked people channel. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but it's so rude. Okay. So they said, I grew up with my grandmother dumping out the raisin brand cereal on a newspaper. This was in India to take out the raisins for my daily afternoon snack of cereal. Since she knew I didn't like raisins. She passed in 2015, but I'll never look at raisin brand the same again. So that to me is so sweet. Like I always think of different ways that we express love and, you know, watching your grandma pick out raisins on a newspaper is like such an expression, deep expression of love in the way you spend your time for someone else. So that was very sweet. Thank you for sharing. And the last one is... Um, Hold on. You didn't even get, let me process oh, the one you just read. <laughs> I'm like crying. <laughs> sorry. It's so sweet. I think about that when Gong Gong, our grandpa... Stop. I can't... <laughs> I mean, like as soon as you said I know, I know, I know, Ugh. I know. Okay. <clears throat> he mailed sent moon cakes in the mail to Tiffany, by the way. I can't even think about it. it I know, me... I know. Um I yeah, I he did, and I'm gonna eat them tonight. Yeah. Okay. Ugh, we all miss our grandparents right now, that is for sure. And then we have one more from Rachel Stoll, who said that she and her sister would clean out their garbage cans and put them in the backyard and fill them with buckets of hot water. <laughs> and then <laughs> they would treat them like personal hot tubs. <laughs> she said our own little garbage can hot tubs to soothe our little bodies. Roasty Toasty from Rachel and Melanie. I thought that was so such a so cute funny. visual. So funny because um, it's so gross, but when you're a child, you're like, yeah, yeah, and that is so up. genius. Like, I think if if we if children had social media, they'd be like, there'd be like a trend to make a hot tub. Totally, and it's and like it's the same. <laughs> it's the same shape as a hot tub. Like, it's sort of genius, just like a personal body of water. It's also, for you. it's funny because it's so small. Yeah, there has to be one person per. Trash Because <laughs> if there's two bodies in that trash can, it's like too small. <laughs> this is really so deep input on your part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's also, two bodies. <laughs> too I know small. we said we'd only share one story, but there was too many good ones. And we read all of them. It was really hard to choose the ones that we shared. We just, like know that we're reading all of them and like laughing and we read them together and and thinking deeply about things like everything you share we just honor a lot and it means a lot to us um as we move forward so thank you yeah thank you so much and i think moving forward we'll probably share a few every time because it's really hard mm -hmm. i think if we had the time we'd read every single email but that would yeah. be impossible so um thank you and if you want to submit a story email childhood the podcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at childhood, the podcast. 
um, where we post photos and other updates. And yeah, I think that's it. Well, Tiff, I think I'm so proud of you for adopting a dog, for listing all your food items, having a healthy relationship, coming to one of my virtual book events. <laughs> And calling to continue to demand justice for Brianna Taylor and Jacob Blake. And those are all solid, good things, too. And for you, releasing your paperback, mm-hmm. which is a monumental event. That's Thank you. really, really, really stressful. Overwhelming. The amount of attention that people are asking from you is a lot. And that's a lot for one person to carry. You also had your book tour. Some of it, you have something coming up, right, on September 2nd? <laughs> what day? <laughs> what day is it on? Wait, good question. I know it's on Thursday. September 3rd. Sorry. September 3rd is Kikira Madden. Yeah. It's so sweet and it's amazing. free. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, and what else did you do this week? You. And I just am surviving through this time like everyone else. So. Yeah. It's okay to be exhausted and anxious, and we'll keep showing up for each other until we have days that are a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.